Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and you're listening to Faves, an upbeat talk show where the guest chooses a topic. In this episode, that's a low-budget action revenge movie. This week, I talked with cartoonist Charles Forsman. When playing the popular video game Rocket League, he's referred to as First Touch Forsman for his nearly unmatched skill at being the first playmaker in the game. But more recently, he's known for the end of the effing world on Netflix, based on his comic book. In this episode, we talk about the low-budget film Deadbeat at Dawn, which was recently released on Blu-ray for the first time and features a former street gang leader out for revenge. Jim Van Beber wrote, directed, and played the lead role in this movie. We also discuss getting into the Blu-ray collection game and our memories of going to Best Buy on Tuesday mornings to check out the new releases. Enjoy! Is this in some kind of like your Blu-ray collector circles? How you stumbled into this? Sort of. Well, not really. I'd, I'd heard of this movie um, for years and I, uh, I just never, um, it was never like something that I, like you, you never like see it online or see it in a store. Like it was just like people whispering about it. So when I finally, I don't know what it was, but I think I saw this, this Blu-ray release that, I think we both got is mm-hmm. somewhat new. So I think it was because I started to get into the, um, the boutique Blu-ray scene. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a phrase anyone has uttered out loud that's before? The, uh, I don't know. It's, that's the, the first. Uh, <clears throat> that's the subreddit I'm on. <laughs> I didn't even know until you started uh, sharing some links to like, you know, boutique Blu-ray companies producing these things. I didn't even know this kind of like market existed. Um, yeah. you know, kind of like hard to find VHSs just yeah. getting put on, on Blu-ray. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like, it, it's just like a lot of nerds who like love these kind of bad or like regional, <clears throat> regionally made like horror movies or something <clears throat> that need, um, you know, and they, they're kind of like consider themselves as like rescuing these things, you know, finding the prints and scanning them digitally mm-hmm. so that they're preserved for the future. Um, and then they the the byproduct of that is putting them on you know Blu-ray and DVD, right? 4K um, transfers, getting some some hip artist to do oh. a cool new cover. <laughs> the funniest thing is they do like they do the, uh, the like the slip cases. It's almost mm-hmm. like variant covers and comics. They'll like this one movie that Vinegar Syndrome just released. They did like five different slip covers for, and you could get all of them. <laughs> but but you only have one DVD case, so like. I don't know. That that thing really confuses me. I'm like, what? Who's like, which one do you put on? Do you just swap right. it out? Yeah, it depends on what kind of group of friends you have over. I'm going to put this slipcase <laughs> on and leave that on my coffee table. Yeah. The what was yeah. the one uh, insert that came with the Blu-ray that I put on my IG stories with um, Sean Bean? That whoever they commissioned to do that poster, it looked like the most interesting movie I'd ever seen. It was like Blue Mondays or oh, some something. Yeah. I was like, I need to see this movie immediately. So then I Googled yeah. the movie and the original poster art is just like the biggest piece of trash. Like this would yeah. have been grade D, you know, <laughs> 80s movie. <laughs> but the way that they have these poster oh, arts, yeah. they make them look so interesting. Like right off the bat, it's crazy. That's the thing though. I mean, and you still can't trust it. Like it'll take like all the cool stuff and put it into one image, but you know, mm-hmm. who knows? It's always a gamble still, yeah. which is kind of the fun part of getting into this scene is like 
getting these random movies that I just like look at the picture or read like the two line description. Like, Oh, that sounds interesting. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, like I can't even finish it. (laughs) Sometimes it's my new favorite movie. You know, I was going to say, how do, um, and I, I sound like a total film noob when I say this, but how did people find out about something like deadbeat at dawn in the late eighties? Like, how do you stumble upon it? Was there kind of like a, I don't even know, like an independent film market where people would go to see these films in like certain kind of theaters or was there like trading of VHSs? I don't even know if this had even had a VHS yeah. release. It did. It actually did get a VHS release. So I imagine there were video shops who, who had this movie in there. Um, but also like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't of, uh, I wasn't old enough back then, but, but I know tape trading was definitely a thing like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I always think of like the jerky boys, like they, like those tapes got started. Oh, yeah. Just people like dubbing tapes and passing them on to their friends and things like that. Tape trading is big, was big in the wrestling scene too. So I guess that does translate mm. like anything outside of the U S you know, it was all tape trading. Otherwise, how would anyone ever know about what was going on in like Japan and stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I mean like when video hit, like it really exploded the market for, you know, the straight to video type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like any movie that they could make for five bucks, you know, yeah, put a weird title on it, get it <laughs> into the video stores. Deadbeat at dawn, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, Sam Raimi is quoted in the uh, in the inside of this film, like their little booklet pamphlet that was very nicely done. The first mm-hmm. punk action film, which oh, I thought was God. very apt. That's a very great great description. The the thing too that struck me was. Um, I was reading the the liner notes, whatever you want to call the little pamphlet, yeah. about how the three these three these three guys, Jim Van Beber, if I hope I'm saying his name right, was the director, writer, yeah. star. He and two other classmates pretty much just saw Evil Dead in theaters and like, well, hell, we can do that, and that's how they made this film, which is crazy to think about. I love yeah. it. And back to what Ramey said, that's the punkest rock thing. I mean, that's always how things like these get made. You know, once someone's mind is open to the fact that you don't need anyone to give you permission to make something, that's uh, sometimes you get a sliver of greatness that is deadbeat at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was actually shocked. This is obviously the first time I've seen it. Yeah. I bought the Blu-ray. Uh, you know, it's, it talked about all these things about like the transfer oversaw yeah, by Jim yeah. Van Bever and stuff. It's four by three or whatever. Uh, 1.37 by whatever um and it still looks like you know it's not you know people might think blu-ray like the clearest picture ever it still looks like probably just the cleanest version of the of the eight millimeter whatever you want to call it yeah i think Um, it was i think they shot on 16 so 16 millimeter yeah so blowing that up is like you you see all the film grain yeah for sure it's, it looks uh, like a, you know, like the Amazon Prime video film transfers that they have. Yeah, on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Cyborg or whatever. It's a weird thing because it's like, you're like, you know, this is like the highest quality scan of this, but it looks, <laughs> it still looks bad. <laughs> the, f- the first impression of this movie, I was like super impressed. This guy yeah. quit film school to film this movie after two years mm-hmm. and he has like the chops. Like this doesn't look like. And I, I don't want to slag like film student movies, but this looks like a professionally made film. Like every shot, every cut, every kind of scene setup, it looks legit. I was like shocked. Yeah. 
No, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I think that like the famous thing that Van Bever did was he, what was it? It was like his, he got his loan for his third year of film school, but he decided to drop out and use that money mm-hmm. to make Deadbeat. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like I was, I think probably the first uh, fight in the cemetery. Yeah. Which is like probably like the third or fourth scene in the movie. I was totally in. You're on our turf, scum fuck. Come on, Goose. You're not stupid. You fire that and you've got the man here. Is that how you deal with us on your turf? You deal with the spiders by calling the man in? Like, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe, like, the action, like, the, like, the, all the effort they put in, like, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't just set up a camera, like, there are so many shots and cuts for all these, uh, these fight scenes. And Um, the choreography, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just, like, dudes (laughs) went out there, you know, no permits, you know. Filming in no, a cemetery, wearing yeah. jocks over their jeans as gang yeah. members. Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask if you were wearing your jock strap <laughs> over your jeans for this uh, recording. Post. I'm actually wearing them over my joggers. <laughs> jock over joggers. <laughs> the most distracting choice of the movie, I think. Well, the worst part, too, was the these gang straps. members. There's two gangs, the, the Ravens and the Spiders. Spiders with a yeah. Y. And they're wearing these jocks over their blue jeans. But some of the jocks were, like, bloody. Which was yeah, even more distressing. <laughs> oh my god! I know. Like, how long have they had those jock jock straps? Oh my, like, I mean, they haven't been worn maybe ever. I mean, washed, never, yeah. never washed. So the gist of the plot, uh, if you were thinking about checking it out, is uh, it's essentially two gang leaders. Goose is the star. Jim Van Beber, the director, writer, plays Goose, leader, of the, uh, a member of the Ravens. Um, he is warring with the spiders and Danny who has this, just this, what did I write in here? He just looks like total filth. This guy with a mustache, uh, the oh, guy who God. plays Danny, yeah. the, the main villain. He, uh, he's warring with the, uh, spiders, but eventually he falls in love and decides to leave the gang and they take umbrage with that murder, his girlfriend who was into witchcraft amazingly. And God. he's thrust back into the violence yeah. One final time. They pull him back in to do one job, to help him out with this one big score and shit goes crazy. I mean, stuff goes crazy. The, the cemetery scene, which you talked about, uh, the, tr- first of all, the trailer is what sold me on the movie when you shared it with me. It, yeah. It, you know, it, it's like every violent scene from Robocop is combined into this trailer. Like that mm. you could imagine, you know, the kind of like mm-hmm. crazy, the hand shot, the, <laughs> the handgun or the hand exploding in, in Robocop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that happens in the cemetery scene. He like shoot a uh, goose, shoot someone in the hand. And yeah, after the fight's over, like, like people are like kind of scrambling and you hear the, the police car coming. And I, I don't know if the guy, he pulls his gun, but he falls down and goose just shoots his hand and it, it explodes. Like it's not, <laughs> what would happen if you got shot in the hand. <laughs> but in this, like that choice. And when that happened, I was just like, yes, mm-hmm. like I need to see this movie. I need like, more all of this. Yeah. Right and then the violence yeah. in it was, uh, I don't know. Odd. It was like, it was so kind of low rent that it looked mm-hmm. real. You know how they were like yeah. slicing each other in the face and stuff. I don't know. Just the way he shot it. It was like, wow, yeah. that, looks, that looks really good. That looks kind of real actually. Yeah, I think that I feel like that kind of happens when you like when you shoot like a no budget movie, like because it it really because it like there's no one who's like a professional actor and like 
you're just on real locations. There's no sets. It's just like it, it gives that air of like, Oh God, this is like, this is just real people like cutting each other up. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, for, for this crazy movie. How about, how about his, uh, girlfriend who, you know, after that fight, he comes Uh, back to their kind of just crummy apartment. I don't even know if it was a part of it. just looks like a room in a building. God, that apartment. (laughs) Oh my God. Like that is, that should be shut down immediately. <laughs> it looks I mean, like every, that building is about to be demolished in like an every, hour. Every single living space in this movie is like the worst. Like Appalling. God. How about later when he interacts with uh, who I didn't realize was his dad until he called him his dad. <laughs> but he like, after he loses his girlfriend, he's kind of like hapless, doesn't want to live yeah. anymore. He walks into this apartment and opens the fridge. It's just the crummiest looking apartment. Yeah. And this kind of like... He comes in through the window, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this so, cu- cuckoo bananas shirtless, you know, 50-year-old dude who looks like he they pulled him out of like a, a off-Broadway version of Shakespeare. He's yeah. acting just like a cokehead and... Later, you find out, well, maybe everyone else realized this was his dad at first, but I didn't, yeah. I was like, who is this hobo? No, yeah. I but think that's the magic of the scene. I didn't know it was his dad. Yeah. <laughs> he is, was... he's a coke fiend. Yeah. But the apartment that he was living in is the epitome of like a cokehead's apartment. There's holes in the yeah. walls. There's rats everywhere. I felt dirty. Oh, yeah. He, it, like when he, he, his son's drinking his last beer and he loses his mind. So like Goose comes in takes the last beer out of the fridge. His dad comes in, doesn't, you know, know who just broke into his house. And he's like livid that his son is drinking his last beer. This is my beer in my refrigerator. I don't remember if I ate pumpkin in here to drink my beer. That's my last beer. Oh, shit. What am I going to do? You drank my last fucking beer. That's a matter of you anyway. Now I ain't got no beer left. That's my last beer. And he has a baseball hat in his hand. And what, what a rat comes out of the wall. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. he beats the, the rat to death maybe i might be making that up i thought he was going to eat the rat at first (laughs) like that was going to be his dinner and the scene was just going to go even crazier oh god yeah and and, oh god poor goose you know you really feel for the guy like you know mm -hmm. he just lost his his the love of his life and then he he comes you know to get support from his old dad and man he's an addict yeah he's out of shooting he's shooting up in his feet the, oh. the drugs. Yeah. How about that shot? Just straight on 50-year-old man barefoot. They never show the... that. I feel like that's so rare to see the like an addict shooting up in between their toes, which is, mm-hmm. from what I understand, actually where people do it. Yeah. Um, and not, not in the arm. The, the arm is the more glamorous Hollywood way, I guess. How about um, the blood shooting out of his oh, foot God, when yes. he inserted the needle? Yeah, I know. It gushed. <laughs> it wasn't needed, right? <laughs> Uh, but to backtrack a little bit, he, um, he spends, uh, Goose spends this, uh, time, well, actually to backtrack even further after the fight, he, he meets up with his girlfriend and she is reading from the Necronomicon. Oh, is it the Necronomicon? Yeah. She's reading from that to help heal him, uh, which is kind of a, just a wild side story that she's into witchcraft to help him live as a gang member. If there's one thing I like, I wish the movie had more of. It was Chris and her her witchcraft. Like I wanted mm-hmm. more of that. Like it seemed like maybe there was going to be more of that, and it kind of maybe got sidelined. And and like, what did she do? She like uh, blessed or whatever this weird cross. Yeah, that she, had. And she gave it to him. I, you know, actually, she wouldn't wear. Like he refused to wear. As a, as a as a sequel, they could have easily went like the Evil Dead route and have her like return 
oh, and totally, uh, like yeah. raise him from the dead. Oh my god, I'd watch that. Um, Might but still happen. <laughs> Jim, I know you're listening right now. He's we're, still out we're, there. He's still I can there. shoot uh, on eight sixteen millimeter. I can help out as <laughs> as much as possible. Um, the the part where she gets murdered when he's Ugh. like he leaves to go sell this uh, cocaine that he has on hand. This to, crank. Like, what his, is crank, Slim? I think it's just uh, a crack cocaine. Is, That's is what it I just thought. Crack? That's what I thought. Yeah. All right. But they never mention it. it they never call it crank. They just call it crank. Crank, yeah. Like you're the women in this movie are called like cranked out b words, yeah. And you're supposed yeah. to kind of figure out what that means. Also, they call it rush once, I think, didn't don't they? Yeah, I, I thought that, that was a, I thought that was like a separate <laughs> drug. I thought that was like nuke from RoboCop too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's like a, a fantasy future <laughs> drug. Speaking anyway. of which, how crazy is that guy who was snorting the nuke? Oh. He had that like three minute one take of him oh. losing his mind on rush. I believe his name's ba- Bone Crusher. Yeah, he he does the great. <laughs> He has this great monologue. He does the the rush or the crank, and and he says that the high from that rush is nothing compared to killing somebody. Oh my god! You know? Oh, that what, guy. Can you imagine if he had to do that a second time? That take. <laughs> I'm sure there's just one take, like because I mean, even if I was on set or if I was like in the background on the camera and filming that scene, yeah. and Jim maybe asked for a second take, we're like, come on, man, that's all. God, I'm I'm drained after that. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. he's not a professional, you know. He, yeah. he gave it all he got the first time, you know. That's it. He probably even refused to do a second take. That's it, probably. Jim. You got it. <laughs> Jim I'm on shift at the local uh, shopping bag after <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> so this the murder scene. They go after her after he's off to sell the crank to these yeah. businessmen, and she her murder scene is actually kind of not graphic but graphic. They it's kind of all happens off screen. She's on the ground. They're standing above her, yeah. kind of like ramming golf clubs down to the ground where her hand is like upright. So you only see her hand like reacting to it. It was a super, super amazing shot. Yeah. But it looked brutal. Yeah, it was really like, for what they didn't show, it still came off so brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just watched this again with headphones on this afternoon. And mm-hmm. I what I didn't hear the first time is when Goose comes back to the apartment and finds Chris dead. And he's like cradling her in, in his arms. They put the grossest like slime sounds in there of her like mangled body parts rubbing together, I guess. Oh, God, don't die. Don't die. Don't die. Don't die. Don't die. It's so disgusting. <laughs> well, also, too, I think Bone Crusher referred to her and intestines as snakes oh, like it God. looked like snakes coming out of her stomach bone crusher was man i mean he he's i mean goose is my favorite character but bone crusher is pretty insane yeah um, he was good he's a yeah. total psychopath total. he's he's the, you know he's the loose cannon in your kind of group that's gonna lose it and murder everybody yeah the one with the twitchy eye <laughs> i wrote this down but we 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 passed it uh I said I wrote down, "Holy crap!" When he nunchucks the dude in the head, when he steals uh, that guy's motorcycle. Yes. Next level. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. Oh, and that like before that, when he has that fight with Chris, and he just like takes off to do whatever to steal a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. But first, he stops in the cemetery to practice his nunchucks, oh, which is one of yeah. my favorite scenes. That <laughs> in was the movie. so good. Uh, I guess he was just you know a good nunchuck guy, Jim Van yeah, Weber, before filming. It's like, it looks kind of silly, but but he keeps going. You're like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Like he, 
Yeah. You practice with those nunchucks. Like it's like he, a white Bruce Lee. Yeah, he's into it. Oh, and he also did a several roundhouse kicks. So maybe oh, yeah. he has been to, uh, you know, Tiger Shulman. <laughs> also in that scene, he roundhouse kicked a, 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 a little tiny branch off the tree, which I thought was really great. <laughs> nice touch. Also, how about when he uh, he sells the he sells the crank to these guys? <laughs> So like a high school vice principal. Yeah, a total way. vice principal moves. And the he asks, like, as they're leaving, he gets paid the money. He asks him, and maybe I'll, I'll put it in here because the, the delivery was so amazing. He asks yeah. the old guy, or the, the, the business guy, he's like, what do, you, what do you need this this crank for? What do you want with crank? Look, I can sell it to kids. I can sell it on the street. What the fuck difference does it make to you anyway? And then he like turns around. It was like the most stilted delivery yeah. of any line in the entire movie. Is this one guy had two lines? I love that selling it to kids is his first his first option. No, what kids? Yeah, are buying crank in nineteen eighty eight? Reagan's America. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let's see. Oh, he goes back to Christy. Uh, he discovers her corpse, as you mentioned. Yeah. And what does he do with the body? <laughs> Puts her in a trash compactor. Well, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you know, this is a rough, rough town. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any funeral homes nearby or anything. What there, weren't they in like Ohio? Yeah. Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> the slums of Dayton, Ohio yeah. in 1988. I guess but this man, is like future Dayton, Ohio. Rough, it did, it look, did rough. look super rough. Um, it looked like what was, um, it was in New York City, right? Manhattan in uh, Snake Plissken when he had to chop her in or like yeah. biplane in. That's essentially kind of what they were, they were yeah. going for, yeah. Um, but yeah, putting her in a trash compactor, that's that's rough, man. That was rough. I mean, he cried while he did it. You know, I think it was, it was just, brutal. It's, a, it's how you bury your own on the street, you know? He eventually gets uh, thrust back into it. Danny and um, the new leader of the Ravens, they say that they've merged and they have one last gig. And... Uh, they have like 30 people on this job to rob yeah. this uh, bank truck uh, and uh, armored. Was it even armored truck? I don't even know how they got in. I, I must have blinked and I missed they, them stealing the actual money. They, yeah, they kind of fudged how it all went down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of focus on the chaos of like people getting shot. Um, right. But the, the centerpiece of that scene is Jim Van Beber as Goose. Uh, like, yeah, repelling down like a like the side of a building with just a <laughs> rope, like a regular old rope. I'm sure there was no net or anything, you know, that's the other amazing thing is like the, all the stunt work that went into this for mm -hmm. people that didn't, weren't professionals, you know, I mean, it's mainly Van Bever doing, you know, the crazy stuff, but the stuff that they did, it's amazing. Nobody died. Just yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The last scene, uh, the big fight scene, the end of the big fight scene, he's, his arm is stuck in the driver's side of a car yeah. and the he's being driven like next to a wall. They're doing burnouts around. I would have crapped my pants. Yeah. Should they anything happen to this guy? I couldn't believe it. I, I was watching some of the, the documentaries on the disc and the guy, the bad guy who played, was it Danny? He, he was actually driving the car and Jim is just like yelling at him. He's like, just ram me into the wall. Oh my God. <laughs> and he was like so terrified to do it. And finally he did. And there was like some like metal piece sticking out from the wall that clipped him on the shoulder. <laughs> Jesus God. That was legit. Was okay. Like you don't, you don't even see stunts like that in kind of real action movies yeah. with like insurance. 
you know, and budgets. Oh God. Yeah. The insurance. Can you imagine the insurance in uh, 2018 on deadbeat? Never would have happened. Nah, you know, they would have said, you know, Dwayne, we can't have you on the side of a car. Yeah. We're going to CGI it. They probably could like the only scene that got approved was like hanging out with his dad. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> they probably had to CGI the foot that was getting cranked. <laughs> Is this real crank? Um, God. Uh, so he gets double crossed shockingly. You know, they're about to hand over the money to the Ravens after the big heist. And, uh, Danny has a bad feeling about the whole thing, obviously, Mm -hmm. besides the point that people in the spiders murdered his girlfriend. Nobody really cares about that. Um, And everyone pretty much gets murdered. Danny steals the cash and is on the run at this point, which leads up to an amazing final battle with members of the spiders. And Danny pretty much just murders everyone. Yeah. Roundhouse kicks, throwing stars, knives. If we could back up when... When they, uh, when the the bad the the leader of the spiders turns the, uh, he flips the script and that that scene they're like hanging out in like a big garage or something, yeah. and uh, he parked one of his goons over top with a machine gun, and he just gave the word and the guy just mows almost everyone down except Goose who I think throwing stars him in the head or something. yeah he throws, I think he throws one of his knives yeah. into his skull yeah. Um, but that scene was great. Like, oh God, the amount of people that got blood murdered. splashing out of them. Yeah. How great too is how they explain how they did the, they didn't use the uh, blood squibs. They pretty much just loaded condoms with blood, like bloodish liquid and threw it at the actor. Oh God, and they that's just, great. Like, I didn't they realize just, that. Yeah. They just cut to the point where it exploded <laughs> on them and it looked amazing. It was so smart. Yeah. That scene was great. And then, so yeah. And then Goose, Goose, you know, he's got, he get, he ends up with a hundred thousand dollars, this bag of money, um, which eventually he calls his uh, his deceased girlfriend's sister and decides mm-hmm. that she is going to be the one to receive this hundred thousand dollars, not the the spider gang. Right. Um, and uh, and there's one weird part where he take <laughs> he stops at a gas station to to steal <laughs> a, a what was it sprite? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a slice. Seven, might have been seven up or slice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's like a, a nerd and his grandma sitting there gassing up and, and like <laughs> Goose tries to rob the place for whatever reason, even though he has a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want, he doesn't yeah. pay for the slice. He decides not to. <laughs> but the grandma like yells at her, her grandson to get her gun. <laughs> <laughs> cause the, the, the gas station's being robbed. That, that was a weird scene. Uh, yeah. Remember? Cause the, the nerdlinger behind the front desk is like, you gotta pay for that soda. Oh yeah, and yeah. he pretty much just tells him to f off. He doesn't do anything, and then the grandma tells the son to get the grandson to get the gun. <laughs> the grandson shoots the nerdy employee by accident in the in the process of trying to God. kill Goose for stealing a soda. What a mess! <laughs> Goose just can't get a get a break. You know, he can't get a break. Oh yeah, and then and then that kind of oh yeah, Goose is oh oh and then this goes to that dream sequence in the cemetery back in the cemetery goose is sort of like oh yeah. it's like the the downtime and the, you know before the big ending scene but he's he sees chris and her her bloody sheet like wrapped mm-hmm. up like walking through the cemetery and then like she falls down and then the the bad guy <laughs> appears and like cuts her skull open yeah her bony skull and i won't say what he does <laughs> after that because i don't <laughs> in case 
I mean, I, I was trying to think of how to properly describe what he does to her brain There's, with I his mean, finger. Yeah. There you go. That's I think that's all you need to that's say. That's all we can say, but it was scandalous. Yes. I mean, it went on for yeah. maybe three seconds too long, but we got the were, gist of it. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that in terms of like top three disgusting scenes, that was my number two. Yeah. And yeah. the one with Danny at the very end was probably my number one. Oh, I forgot about the fight scene with Bone Crusher. <gasps> oh, yeah. I, I um, yeah, I wanted to go through that fight because that fight, the way Bone Crusher dies, it makes mm-hmm. you, you know. Because he he did like probably the worst violence by killing uh, yeah killing Goose's girl, um, and the way he dies. Okay, so he gets a ninja star to the forehead. Mm. His head Goose bashes his head into like a concrete block. Then he throws him over a bridge onto the street. <laughs> and Bone Crusher gets run over by his car, run over by a car, decapitating him. You see the head rolling down uh-huh. the sidewalk. Unreal. And you're just like, wow, like, how did they do this? Like, that shot was so well done. Even on top of the fact that the ninja star, like, kind of went into his forehead, but not that far to the point where he was, like, still kind of fighting. Yeah, he was still fighting. And I wasn't even like, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because it's not even in his skull that far. Totally. Which is even grosser. He's fighting with, like, a ninja star in his skull. Yeah. But just the way he threw him over that building. Yeah. I just love that entire shot. Like, there's so many shots in this movie that I was like, man, that's a great shot. Yeah. The guy had it. I mean, he still has it. Yeah. I, I, and, oh, I think you mentioned his beard and mustache that he grew for the second half of the movie. Is that <laughs> just <amazing? laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot like, about that. He was very cool in the beginning, but when he got that, his, like, he's seen some S. And yeah. He's going to grow his beard out. It's just like, oh, goose. He's been through goose. it. God. You're an, you're an amazing person. That reminds me of the pamphlet from the Blu-ray. They said in the notes that the only thing was missing from when he had the beard was a scarf from halfdoubledesign.com. Not your granny's crochet. The next time you're dealing with the fallout of your girlfriend being brutally murdered by Bone Crusher and friends, get yourself a shawl or a winter cap from Amanda's storefront at halfdoubledesign.com. She's waiting to hear from you, and you won't regret it. Halfdoubledesign.com. Check it out. Okay, so, uh, uh, and then the, the probably the, you know, the last five minutes of this movie are just, you can't compare it to anything. It is just so satisfying, the action. They meet at the the train station. He meets, he, he he's going to meet, Chris's sister at the train station, but of course, at the same time, the rest of the spiders show up, and it's just a brawl. Mm. The, the nunchucks are back. And I, oh, the the best shot is the uh, they put the spider graffiti on that one wall, uh-huh. and they splash it. They're like fighting each other <laughs> near the wall, and <laughs> the graffiti gets splashed with blood. It's I just, never, I ah. never would have thought um, nunchucking someone in the face would be as satisfying <laughs> as it was in this movie. Because he is he nailing it. people, and I'm like, yes, that looks awesome. Yes, and yeah, I've, I've never said that because he does it in a way it just looks so hardcore. Yeah, because like, like in like the Ninja Turtles movies, like it was never he, Michelangelo. You know, he never actually used them on people like in a satisfying way, yeah. and like to see like <laughs> people just get nailed in the head with like a stick on a chain. It's just yeah, and like That's murdered. Why they invented, like, they're they're, they're uh, getting murdered. In, yeah. in one fell swoop with a nunchuck <laughs> to the skull, and I loved every second of it. 
it's just this whole this this last five minutes is so visceral and over the top and it's just but it it has that realness to the to these fight scenes it's just like god it just gets something deep inside of me Mm -hmm. (laughs) that i can't it's that action movie gene i have that yeah like it's just it's the ultimate like expression of art to me like it's just like wow are people Uh, making movies like this now is there like kind of an underground so. independent scene where they're making these kind of like oh. action, violent action movies on a shoestring budget with, you know, I mean, the quality of video yeah. they could film it in is, is way higher now. But I feel like, I mean, I'm out of the loop. I'm not in the know. boutique Blu-ray scene. <laughs> Maybe it's there. I don't know. I know. I know there are. Excuse me. I know there are like definitely they call it like regional filmmaking, like people making like i think it's more of a horror thing i think horror kind of lends itself to people Mm -hmm. those kind of people but i don't know like i I, there's a lot of great action movies coming from asia um that are really worth tracking down but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know if there's people doing this kind of thing like i mean there must be i remember a couple years ago there was kind of like a big 80s movie vibe that people Mm -hmm. were making kind of try to look like 80s action movies but i I feel like i didn't like any of them like uh, they just didn't connect to that kind of like low rent style yeah it's just that it's too on the nose like Mm -hmm. um like they were probably trying to catch some some sort of magic like deadbeat by dawn but it wasn't about it being in the 80s necessarily it was true it was just um one man running the camera directing acting God bless him. Nunchucking the his way. The of Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> Nunchucking his way to, to freedom. He eventually, you know, he meets up with Danny. Uh, Christie's sister mm-hmm. kind of arrives as they're having their final battle. So Danny steals her car. Goose gets stuck in the driver's side. That's that long drive scene that we described. And they finally have their physical battle kind of like on oh, top of the car. God. And... He has, you know, the scene from Roadhouse, which we uh, kind of joke about how it's amazing mm-hmm. at the lake where uh, Patrick Swayze rips his, essentially his like throat out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he does that famous scene where he yells Wesley. But in yeah. this movie, it's not that fast. That, that in Roadhouse, it happens in a half second where yeah. he rips his throat. It's like kind of off screen. You don't see it. This, in this movie, it's like, it felt like 30 seconds oh, yeah. Time of him down. pulling, yanking, <laughs> grabbing his throat and just like peeling it off his neck. Yeah. Oh my and, God. And you see it like the throat piece just drop on the ground. Like, like the, a the throat piece meat. of hardened jelly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my but God. before that, like, I mean, with, with Danny gets some, uh, some shots in. For, well, he bites Goose's pinky off. Oh, is, I forgot about that. Which is just, I mean, that's another, like, the guys running the blood pumps or whatever, <laughs> or the finger just went overboard, because it just sprays. And and the other great thing about that last fight is all the screaming, like, everybody's screaming the whole time. Yeah. Which I think w- is what would be happening. Like, like a lot of fights, I think they forgot, to, they forget to put the screaming in movies, you know? But mm-hmm. there, they're just like, ah! Like, everyone's just screaming. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it was more realistic. It's kind of like the fight scene in uh, They Live. You know, they're kind of like oh, real, yeah. the real fight. It's like that, but on crank, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, so he bites off his finger, and then Danny shivs Goose, like, I don't know, 20 oh, times. Oh, in my like God, that was brutal. Five seconds. 
that was brutal. Like I was like, Oh my God, the way they did that is just, um, and that's, that's kind of when, you know, goose is not, maybe not going to make it out of this, this one, Mm -hmm. but he rips his throat out. (laughs) He gets Chris's sister, the bag of hundred thousand dollar bills or (laughs) which, which by the way is like the lightest bag of hundred thousand dollars I've ever seen. It looked, it might've been just full of, you know, feathers at that point. And we get some cool arty like black and white stills of her love running. That. I love that choice. Like, like I wonder if they forgot to shoot that scene, or they, <laughs> or they were just like, you know what? No, this is what Goose is. This is what you see when you die. Like you're, you're, you know, he's he's imagining her getting away. Mm-hmm. So he's like seeing her in his head, like getting away with the money. Yeah you know, running down the street covered in blood. And it wasn't even kind of a half-assed choice. It wasn't just like stills of the camera. These were no. like, you know, hardcore solid photography Yeah. of her on set bleeding with the money and walking away. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. And then, uh, you know, and then we, we get Goose just, he stumbles, he gets as far as he can. He gets out of the alleyway onto like a, a street. He turns the corner and collapses and dies. There was some great, uh, you know, shots like that. Like when, after Chris gets killed, Goose is wandering the city with his hands uh, covered in her blood. And it looks like they just like went out on the street, like just filmed him walking. Cause like you can mm-hmm. see everyone in the background. Yeah. Just like looking at this weirdo covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. He's like climbing up fire escapes. He's yeah. just walking in the middle of the town. God, I love that stuff. Oh. Yeah. And also the scene at the beginning where Danny, um, you know, tries to force himself onto Christy in her car and Ugh. that cop kind I almost of like shut off the movie. It, it was like the first minute of the movie. Yes. In the background, there are cars going by. Yeah. And some of them kind of like are stopped at the light and be like, what is going on down there? <laughs> it looks like they had one shot at it. They just did it. And yeah. whatever was happening in the background happened, but the cop interjected so that nothing happened. And I also just made a note about whatever costume shop they got that cop's uniform from was probably oh, God, just the, yeah. like the last ditch effort. It looked like just a blue smock over a blue yeah. shirt and a hat. Yeah. And that was it. it was that was great. his costume. Very <laughs> ill fitting. <laughs> oh my God. And they had that cop car for that, the first cemetery fight, which you, you only really see from a distance. So I don't know. Well, in the, in the pamphlet, they said that that was unplanned and that that was, those were real police. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So I don't know (laughs) if that's part of the, the, the legend of the film, but I remember I didn't even see it the first time, uh, watching it. And then I read the notes and I was like, oh, I guess maybe that's why I didn't really see it that much because it was kind of real in the background. God, I mean, a, a perfect ending to a perfect movie, you know, he, Goose just dies like, and he's just on the street, like another piece of trash, you know? Mm. His blood's just kind of spilling over into the sidewalk. Also, the way he died, the way he just laid there with his face kind of like chin down. Oh, yeah, face down. Oh. And, you know, I, I we didn't really mention the, the, I guess we talked a lot about like the fighting and mm. like the, 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 the city of Dayton, but all the fashion in this movie, the stuff that people wore was great. The masks. Oh, the masks. Yeah. I meant to bring that up. Like the, uh. The bad guy, the head of the spiders always had like a different weird, he had like a weird Batman mask taped to his face. <laughs> I didn't understand what that, I, mean, I saw a Batman yeah. logo on it and I was like, what yeah. is that mask? It's not like yeah. Batman. But it was like kind of cut up. Like yeah. It wasn't the full mask. At the end, he had like a silver one that was taped onto his face. 
that he always like pulls off in a dramatic way. Like, yeah. He never wears the masks to fight. Right. And he reveals just himself. His, You're like, oh, God, his, it's Danny. His walking masks, I guess. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't uh, in the beginning cemetery fight scene, wasn't, didn't Christy like take off Goose's mask and wear it? Or did I dream that? Oh, I don't know. He was wearing kind of like a domino mask to one of the fights, I feel like. I don't know, but but Christy in that scene was she really was feeling it. She was biting that lower lip. My God, when Goose was kicking the crap out of that guy. Yeah, when he was slicing <laughs> people's faces, she was never more into Goose than oh, that moment. Oh my God! I mean, I guess it makes sense. She yeah. was like super her car into witchcraft, you know, violence against other human beings. Never would have thought they would have went home and had a domestic spat. We'll <laughs> see it afterwards. Because man, she was into it. Yeah fantastic film i'm glad that uh i was uh talked into watching it didn't take that that much talking into after i saw that trailer i'm so glad i had this venue to talk about it because i i had just i just watched this for the first time a few weeks ago and and i knew you wanted to record something so i was like oh god i gotta talk about this with slim like, perfect timing a great way to make a friend watch this thing oh my god yeah hopefully we talk more than a few people into purchasing that blu-ray god yeah it's a great blu-ray too like there's I don't know if you've gotten to crack all the, there's like documentaries on there and mm. all of Jim Van Beber's, like all these other short films he did. Um, but they like, they go around and like interview people in his life and Jim himself, who's a, an eccentric dude. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the most, the craziest thing is just how everyone loves this guy. Like they, like no one has a bad word to said, say about Jim. They just love him and his passion. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his project after this. He spent, I think, 10 years working on a Charles Manson movie. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had seen yeah. that. Uh, I think I saw a piece of it a long time ago, probably when it came out. Um, but I'd like to uh, really sit down and take that one in. Yeah, I, I read the uh, pamphlet that came with it. I kind of, it was as I was watching the movie, so I skipped over the parts about the, mm -hmm. the actual film and, and moved to what happened after and he did a few shorts, which are, are included that I didn't watch, but they all kind of followed like serial killer, Ed Gein, yeah. Ed Gein, whatever, you, however you pronounce his oh, name. Yeah, yeah. But they all sound like kind of crazy, violent, like the throat scene, but like dialed yeah. up. There was, I think there was even one quote from the guy who starred in one of the shorts that said he was so horrified by the final product, he like refused to watch it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it was the so, guy who was the serial killer. Yeah, mark uh, of quality right there. Oh, so I watched uh, First Reformed. We haven't talked about it oh, since I you? watched it. I loved it. Yeah. That was a, I was stunned by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Schrader, he's, uh, he's probably, you know, I think he said when he dies, they'll put writer of taxi driver on his tombstone that's probably the thing <laughs> he's most known for um but he's been making movies like you know writing and directing them for you know since the 70s um and you know directors age and they they kind of lose their fire but holy crap i mean he's what he's probably like 70 something now but mm -hmm. first reformed i was just blown away when i saw this i was like oh my god yeah you know, he, he pulled another one out it's just such a unique unique thing like in ethan hawk like i'm not a big hawk head but man in this he was you know he was great he was next level i the only holy, thing i knew about, this was kind of like on my list all year to watch because everyone yeah. was like saying oh first reformed first reformed all i knew was ethan hawk played a priest 
I didn't know anything else about the plot. And, and maybe that's a way, maybe that's a perfect way to go into it. Um, but I was really struck by the aspect ratio choice. Mm, I was struck mm-hmm. by the character angles when, you know, one person was speaking on camera. It was such a close up shot of the actor and almost sometimes from like a top down angle. Um, yeah. It was just so on point for this film to just kind of get that intimacy on the actor and oh my god the ending unreal oh god unreal yeah, yeah. Oh. I, <laughs> it's not the ending i was rooting for but it was still very satisfying <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't know how it was going to turn out if you're breathing you should if go you're see that breathing thing. right now get on is it on prime is it, is it on prime is that how I, I don't know if it's yeah. Is I think it, it is. Yet? I think it's on Prime oh, Video. Oh, well, you yeah. rented it. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. cool. I'm gonna watch that because I I watched it in a theater, but it was like an independent theater, mm. so it was like very. It was a small screen, and they, you know, mm-hmm. it was probably playing from a DVD. <laughs> you know, it wasn't <laughs> the greatest experience. Independent slash illegal theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the like the brightness on the projector was way too high. Oh so it was my like god, blinding. that sounds dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's a mark of quality because I still was like very moved by the. Is the, there like a secret handshake that you need to use to get into the theater? Or they don't even no. like accept cash. No, it's it's candy all bars as payment. Up. Okay, it's, it's all right. just I try not to go there. Even <laughs> they play movies I want to see. What do you think your uh, top movie of 2018 was? Oh God, I, I mean, I'm saying first reformed, mm. um, but God, I mean, MI6 is up there. Oh my God. I see a lot of Hollywood movies. I don't know why I do, mm-hmm. but man, uh, they have been on a run with these Mission Impossible pictures, you know? I like, I am obviously a huge Tom fan. Yeah. Everyone knows this, but it's, it's like magical what they're able to achieve with this movie franchise. It's, yeah. there's like no other word for it. Yeah. Like, it, it, like they have no reason to be this good. And it's just like, it, like, I'm just so happy to like every two years just keep going. Oh my God. Yeah. Wasn't it a thing where when they brought Jeremy Renner in that he was going to eventually replace that was That was the story, yeah. Which Uh, I think they just didn't think that they would strike gold again with Tom. Yeah, I guess. And I think think Jeremy (laughs) Renner kind of just like flaked out. I remember when he was in Avengers, he was like the hottest thing on Tumblr for like the period of six to eight months. He was the it actor. Yeah. And then I think he just aged 20 years in two years. I think it was that Bourne movie that did him in. Ugh, Remember that? God. Nobody talks about it. That's a, I'm the first person to talk about it since it stopped running in theaters. <laughs> I, do have, I do have some other ones that I, I liked. Stars Born really um, surprised me. Mm, I want to see that. Into that. I, I cried several times. Oh, my God. Lady Gaga rules. <laughs> you were never really here. Have you seen that yet? Oh, I just got that for Christmas. Um, oh. I've been dying to see it. And I'm waiting for the right moment. I w- uh, I was like, did you see it? I was stunned by that movie. Like um, mentally and physically Lynn Ramsey, stunned. She is one of my favorite directors of all time. She did this movie. Her first movie is called Ratcatcher. Takes place in like a, during a garbage strike in the seventies in Ireland, mm. I think. And that is just, it's just black and white, and it just follows this kid. This like really poor kid, just like, uh, you know wandering around and you know hanging out with his abusive family and stuff mm. and it's 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 just amazing uh she did a few other movies but yeah that this one looks amazing i'm i can't wait to see it uh sorry to bother you i didn't think it was 
a super great movie technically, but I thought it made me so happy that maybe young kids would see a sort of a socialist message movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody likes message movies, but, no. uh, but this one I could, I could get behind cause I think, uh, it, it, it definitely showed a point of view that I think doesn't get shown, uh, in your local theater very mm. often. Um, so I'm just glad that was out there and got as much attention as it, it as it did. Um, Buster Scruggs was another recent watch, which caught me off guard. Hmm. I'm not big into, you know, I don't, I don't get excited for, uh, uh, like anthology movies. Um, is that the Coen brothers movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the Netflix, uh, Coen brothers, Western movie. So it's Whoa. like a series of vignettes. Hmm. Um, so I was like, I was like, I love the Coen brothers, but eh, a bunch of shorts, you know, <laughs> doesn't sound enticing, but I'll tell you what I was man, I was surprised. Uh, even there, there wasn't really a stinker in there. Um, all of them, some of them were a little slighter than others, but man, there were some really good ones. Um, and just like a who's who of, uh, Coen brothers, uh, regular players. Yeah. Um, Tom Waits was probably the the best. He plays a, a prospector (laughs) (laughs) and he's literally the only person in his, his part. He's just digging for, for gold for like, (laughs) 25 minutes it's great <laughs> that's uh, interesting i wonder if they it must be difficult to have that outlet i guess they were able to do it with netflix like if you have ideas for kind of like mini stories and you're the coen brothers you don't oh, really sure, have yeah. an opportunity to kind of do it otherwise I could, I could definitely see studios being like yeah we can't sell tickets yeah to this no one's thing. gonna buy that so I, I liked annihilation loved it. um the visuals of that thing blew me away <laughs> I, i'd never seen anything like those those weird colors and visions like it 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 was like, um, it's sort of the way people talk about seeing like 2001 in 1969, where it mm-hmm. felt like you were on a, an acid trip. This actually felt like that. Like those, those sections where you're just, you're interfacing with just weird colors and shapes on yeah. the screen. It takes you out of your body and it is a strange feeling. And I, I was really glad I saw that in the theater because that, that was uh, quite an experience. Yeah, that final, you know, that final scene that uh was kind of like the big thing i remember watching that and kind of realizing that you know this is something very special that i'm seeing (laughs) on t on the screen right now so i was glad to see that movie my my last one i could think of was unsane did you hear this movie i've heard of it yeah i haven't seen it formerly retired movie director uh steven soderbergh um uh it's his his latest thing oh oh wait he did two movies this year he did uh, Unsane. Okay. He did, uh, or was that last year? What was that one with um, the heist movie? Paddington Two. No, <laughs> no close. <laughs> what is that heist movie? They rob, they rob like the racetrack safe. Ocean's Eight. Oh God, never mind. Maybe that was good before. <laughs> anyway, I'm Unsane. Po- Unsane. Was that the one that he uh, Lo- Logan yeah. Lucky? Was that the one you're talking about? <laughs> Logan Lucky. Was that this year? uh no last year okay never mind i i i told amanda that i feel like i'm starting to get the itch to like buy blu-rays now god it happened to me i can't believe it i know i was like the years last... ago i was like i'm never buying dvds again seriously but the now i'm way. just like so into it especially with these small companies like putting out these weird movies and they're just such great transfers and they put a lot of like effort into mm-hmm. the, the packaging and everything it's just like yeah it's I'm like a this. it's like a collected like comic you know yeah. like the special edition hardcover 
is essentially yeah. what these things have become. Also, I was I was going through Target. I didn't realize that like t- a ton of these have that like digital version. Just like there, oh, like, it seems like all of them great. have it. Yeah, I love that. It's so great. Yeah, even though um, Paramount doesn't do movies anywhere, scumbags. Oh yeah, was it Paramount and Lionsgate and someone else? Yeah, don't play, don't play nice. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and 4K. That's the other thing that got me back into discs. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You got that nice TV now, right? Yeah, I got a 4K TV last year, and and like there wasn't a when I got it, there wasn't a ton of 4K streaming things yet. So mm-hmm. I started to get those 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 4K discs, the the black label ones, and man, oh my god, it's just it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I looked on uh, I was on Amazon looking at Mission Impossible because I, I had it on my wish list. I wasn't sure if anyone was going to get it for me for Christmas. So like as I got the last gift from my in laws, I literally just yeah. like pulled my phone out and bought the blu-ray 4k blu-ray but yes. i don't have a 4k tv but i think there's they're selling a 4k version and a blu-ray version like separately and i was yeah. like i wonder why bother selling two different SKUs? why not just make them all the same thing they seem like they're the same price yeah i don't know i know there's a 4k box set that comes with the blu-rays too and it's been like half price on amazon oh. for like the last couple days and oh my I'm god like holding myself back from buying Jeez. it yeah, I, I, Amanda took James, we were in Target earlier, she took James to the bathroom, and I was like, okay, I'll be over here looking at Blu-rays, because I'm starting yeah. up a collection now, Yeah, as she was like That's walking what I away. Do. <laughs> oh, God, I just stare. It, it's sad, though, like, I miss the old uh, Best Buy days. Like, yes. Like, I used to go with my friends, what was it, Tuesday, when the new DVDs came out, and we'd all go. It was like uh, Wednesday comics, but mm-hmm. for DVDs. And it was, oh, God. It was just get every little horror movie that got a new edition. Yeah. Oh, man. It was so exciting. I used to but, work at Best Buy. Oh, really? I think it was when I worked at the video store and Best Buy. Did you hear the way I got so excited like you were a celebrity? <laughs> Wait, you worked at Best Buy? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Yeah, those were Tuesdays. I used yeah. to, when DVDs were just like the hottest thing and everything was getting its first edition. I was in Target because I knew Target, I think, would have them discounted on day one, you know, like super below MSRP, like, you know, $12.99 for a DVD or something. And $19.99, I was like, oh my God, I got to get this. So I had a huge (laughs) DVD collection. Um, I think I ended up offloading it to GameStop one day. Yeah. I, I, I still have all my old DVDs, which I don't really want anymore. And I like recently went through and looked up all the prices. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe how worthless these are. Yeah. Like, I, things I thought were like treasures are just like, nobody wants them. I even saw that there was a DVD section in Target. Like all these new movies still had DVDs versions. I and I felt like, oh, what's happening right now? Who's buying these that they still they need to mass produce them? VHS held on to what? 1998? I think no longer no, than no, that. No, 2000, 2000, 2000, 2001. Cause I was at West coast. Oh, 2001. oh yeah. yeah. You're the, you're the I was there now. as DVDs. Like we started a DVD section in 2000, 2001. And that was the big thing where like we had a small version of the new releases in DVDs. And then it got so popular that we then combined the sections. So like all the VHSs would have the DVD counterpart next to it. And then by, I think like by the end of that year or the next year, like all that stuff was gone. VHSs. Yeah. Do you remember when everyone had that lost in space movie on DVD? <laughs> <laughs> I highly encourage any film fan to grab this Blu-ray and experience deadbeat at dawn. It was a ton of fun, obviously real quick. If you've been enjoying the show, 
or you think you know someone that would enjoy uh, maybe this conversation about Deadbeat at Dawn with Chuck, text them a link, retweet the show, help spread the word of the podcast. It helps a ton when finding new friends of the show. We're about the halfway mark of this season, uh, so that means it's almost time to start telling people to email favespod at gmail.com for the big mailbag episode. Hopefully I can talk Amanda into coming back on the show for that episode. She's had so much fun on her two appearances so far. So if you have something to say, now's the time. Let uh, us know your favorite episode, potential guest or topic ideas, uh, you name it. Maybe even tell Amanda you want her back on the show. Maybe she'll listen. Goodbye.